It's pink pill time. Come on, grab your friends. We'll go to many distant lands with the Keys community and all our friends. The fun that'll never end. It's pink pill time. All right, good. Now I feel like we can start the show. Ethelorian here, joined up here by all the people who just spoke. Um, and featuring our very special guest from Rep 3 today. This is really exciting. Season 2, Episode 2 of The Pink Pill where we actually talk to people you might want to hear from uh, innovating in the DAO space, which is actually fantastic. Um, you guys all introduced each other. So now that I feel a little bit left out. Um, <clears throat> space Monkey, are you here under the Rep3 term or? Oh, no, listening down at the bottom. Listening down at the bottom. No, no, so, uh, so that's just my laptop. Just to add, like, folks, right? I just joined from there as well. But Space, like, uh, Rep3... Speaker person is me, Space Monkey. Well, how are you, sir? It's great to talk to you. Likewise, it, it's a it's a great day. Like uh, the weekend is going rather fine, and the market also does not seem to be shitting the pants. So yeah, all in all, it's a really great day, and great to be here. I like any day that the market's not shitting its pants. Although lately, it seems like it shits its pants every other day. And when you have people like Elon Musk basically. Uh, and let's say filling my timeline with doom porn of nuclear war, um, you know, it's really great that the market's hitting its pants right now. Yeah, for sure. We got to take our picks. Either it's going to be nuclear holocaust or uh, market dumping itself. Not sure which one's going to be. I think it will be okay definitely... either way. Yeah, we'll be okay. We'll have, have the test of outcomes. Yes. And Ethelorian, we actually did not do any introductions. I was waiting to speak until I heard your infamous music. So, you know, you didn't really miss much. Oh, gotcha. I just kind of clicked in and I heard everybody talking. So I figured, oh, fucking wait for me. So I'll just jump in and crash the, crash the scene. Um, all right, then let's go around with introductions here. I've obviously, the Ethelorian, changed my PFP because I'm a little excited about what's going on with Clone X. Um, made a slight edit because I think we're looking into the future uh, with, you know, all of the possibilities as we move more towards the social uh, landscape in Web3 and away from maybe just like highly speculative plays on shit coins. Um, so that's what I got going on there. Um, if we want to go around on stage actually really quickly here, we'll start with Alts because he's the first one I see. Alts, what's going on? What is up, fam? Yeah, no, I love I love that uh, that new look is amazing. I'm jelly of that that VR headset because it's so cool. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to to see how far in the future you can see with that thing. Um, because yeah, self sovereign identity and reputation is such a key important factor um, of the, everything that we're trying to build and making it you know sustainable moving forward. So yeah, everything everything I've seen about Rep Three like seems like they're really going to add to that equation, so I'm stoked. Hell yeah, perfect. Now I'm going to kick it to Kriegel, because again, just moving left to right on my screen, we're assuming that no one has ever talked to you before. Kriegel, what do you do and who are you? Hey guys, Kriegel here, uh, co-host, co-founder KeysDAO, you know, Fidgetal, MetaMind. Um, I'm, a, I'm a designer, but, you know, I work across all sorts of mediums, physical, digital, experiential. Um, yeah, and I love the future. Um, I didn't recognize either of your PFPs. You guys keep changing them up, changing them up on me. I'm going to have to throw some like AR glasses on mine soon. Um, so yeah, looking forward to what Web3 does to bring, you know, 
the normal everyday person into the future because it's going to happen. Awesome. All right. Sage, Rob, very quickly, you two, and then I want to move on to our featured guest for the day because I think there's a lot to talk about. And if we're trying to keep it to 75 minutes, we don't have much time. We've already wasted seven. I'll keep it quick. Um, my name's Sage. I'm uh, also co-founding Keys with these guys. I'm very interested in uh, DAOs, DSOC, nation states, and uh, ran into Rep3 while I was at the Radical Exchange Conference. I'm uh, really excited to hear more about the project. Hey, everybody. I'm Rob, also co-founder of Keys DAO. Definitely excited to hear what Rep3 has to say about their project. Organizing DAOs super important thing. Let's go. Fantastic. All right, now we're going to kick it over to Space Monkey and the Rep3 team. Um, you guys have really interesting product here because we like to joke a lot in KeysDAO that we aspire to be more than a, uh, <laughs> a Discord chat with the Treasury. So I think you have some really interesting tools that you're bringing to the table here. So maybe you could give us a little background on your team. Um, and then, you know, really, what do you bring to the table here? Like, why is this thing so interesting? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I started with, so it's, uh, so, so I'm Space Monkey, uh, using Rip3 handle. You can see like a, like a plastered guy in the chat. That's, but yeah, so I, I am one of the co-founders and then Somcha, uh, in the chat, Somcha is the other co-founder and yeah, like, uh, like, uh, Kiel, I'm also like a product designer, mainly digital. That's what I've been doing. Like in the past life was dabbled a bit in the NFT space, got exposed to not a bit. That would be an understatement, but yeah, got exposed to, uh, DAO space and been doing like fight the Moloch since then. That's like the quick intro. Uh, if you can invite Somesh, uh, to the speaker stage, that would be super and they can introduce themselves and then we'll, uh, dive straight in. Love it. I'm sure one of the hosts can handle that. Landon, no, no pressure there, Turtle. Already on it. No worries. You just got to accept. Cool. In that case, I just get started with like an intro. So uh, for everyone, hi, this is Rep3. Uh, earlier, we used to call us like it's a funny story. Uh, so Rep3, it's supposed to be for like Reputation3. Earlier, we call ourselves uh, Repute, short for like decentralized, but funny story. There are uh, there were folks who were calling us Doctor Repute, and that is not something that sits well with us. It's short for it's supposed to be short for decentralized reputation. Then we just end up changing the name, yeah, logo and all state. But yeah, the stuff. So like recently, essentially, we are working on a credentialing platform for communities. So whatever stuff people do, however value-add uh, people do inside of these communities, for them to be in a, for them for them to have like an interoperable artifact that can be consumed by all sort of smart contracts wherein they are able to unlock like a whole new host of use cases. So that is like Rep3 in like two lines. And like over time, we'll get a, a lot deeper into what all we do, like how we started, blah, blah, what's the next steps and stuff. Okay, perfect. So, I mean, really Rep3 protocol, you're looking to capture the entire spectrum of participation and contribution on chain. Looking to, to my understanding here, Space Monkey, in a in a generalized sense, is like my vision glasses and my PFP. <laughs> I'm looking into the future, as are you, as are many people into this in this space. So much of what we do on the internet right 
now is just degening, or I should say in Web3, is like degening for NFT chains, but we're really having a difficult time, like you said, slaying Moloch, which is, you know, um, finding ways to coordinate as humans in meaningful ways to get things done in a decentralized manner across our many positions globally. I think what you're bringing in with Web3, I'm sorry, Rep3 in Web3 is uh, a forward-looking solution stack Really, that uh, that's working against us from that coordination standpoint. Is that an understanding? Is that like a positive? No, for sure. That's exactly spot on. So for us, things were super simple. Uh, so when like all of us, like uh, prior DAO contributors, lately it's been reduced a lot. But these were simple things. Like we were all doing stuff. For example, me personally, I was doing all this like design stuff. Uh, there isn't like a lot of design stuff. So uh, I, I was like jumping between communities. I had like three communities where I would work like for one, then for second, like doing all these sort of projects. But the thing is, the moment I would move to a new one, right, all my, all my past credentials, they were just wasted. Like I could pinpoint and say that, hey, I did that stuff. But at the end of it, I would still be chief of the board, had to go through the entire onboarding call, regardless of whatever prior experience or skill set uh, that I had with me. The other uh, sort of unfortunate experience that I faced early on was, uh, there, there was this project uh, that I sort of designed, also did the product work, all that stuff. But when it came to governance, I had been in the community just for the past two, two and a half months. And uh, the the poll was the proposal was regarding exactly regarding that uh, the project where I contributed. But the thing is, I didn't have much governance say in it because I didn't have a lot of tokens. So that was one thing that hey, uh, maybe if governance or rather the decision making in this sort of the next step of uh, human coordination that our DAOs could be a bit more context-based or contribution-based. That would be super. And for all like use cases like this and n plethora of more use cases to unlock, you need some artifact to unlock all of this. And that is sort of where we started off from. That uh, this is the future of human coordination. It's all going to be decentralized. And how do we do it in a way wherein it's actually doable? Like if we look at the current stack, right? Any DAO for that matter. There's just sheer amount of work that goes into ops. And not just ops, right? And even at the end of it, people don't really have credentials. When our hours being spent on docs, like our hours being spent off uh, the Google spreadsheets, Excel, all this other stuff, creating numerous requests on Utopia. After all this jing bang, people still get like a token uh, money at the end of it. The part ownership that was promised, we are still far from it. So our goal is that we need like a base layer to sort of move the space a little bit more in that promised direction. Yeah, I hope that made sense. So that is sort of what we are about quickly. I think it's funny that, you know, it's like so many times when people first start to meet or you start to describe your project, Space Monkey, it's like you're forced to put untold amount of thoughts into an elevator pitch and you try to get all the information out very quickly. We're all, we all suffer from that, that um, I guess unrealistic task and ask because the ideas that you're building and the ideas that I think that we're grappling with and then the projects that we're building um, around those ideas are much bigger than like a, you know, a one minute elevator pitch because I, I feel the same as you, you start to talk and you go, all right, I think I've said what I wanted to say there, but I can I could write a book on this information right now because it's so deep and there's so much going on. 
Um, but we just actually got up your partner on stage here, um, Songcha. So, like, if you would like to say hello and, and introduce yourself, please do. Hey, hey, everyone. How are you? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm Somcha. You can call me Somesh as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the uh, sort of co-creators with uh, Averil in, in Rep3. I mostly take care of the technical things, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, building protocol and stuff. Essentially, I'm the tech guy over here. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's great to be here. Great to meet all of you guys. And, yeah, I mean... Uh, for all the technical questions, uh, hit me up. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks. I appreciate it. So I guess as I'm sitting here, okay, we've got to delve into really kind of the depths of Rep3 in order for people to understand, um, really understand the work that you're doing, which is it's groundbreaking in certain ways. Grappling with the, it's, like I said, issues that are on the cutting edge of Web3. So I guess the first thing is like, not everybody's been a part of a DAO, uh, but once you try to participate in a DAO, you realize there are some kind of, I don't, let's call them like long and drawn out processes or ill thought out processes um, to get into or to participate with a DAO. Um, you know, in the case that you stated before, I might have to put up some money and I just get some tokens, which gives me the right to vote. That's, I guess, a short processes, but it's, it's ugly. Um, I don't know, like anybody on stage, you part of any DAOs other than this one uh, that you you've played around with that are that you know you've had some onboarding with. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to get the conversation started around DAOs here, so we can start to unpack really what Rep Three offers as a solution. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I really like how um, the Space Monkey touched upon. Um, the fact that like you can participate in the DAO and then you kind of can go participate through proposals and whatnot and you get offered these tokens for your participation and then uh, you kind of take that and do what you do with it. But it's the fact that like, you can actually participate in a DAO and be working and be consistently earning reputation for that. Then someone can kind of waltz in and go purchase those same tokens that you just earned and now have the same voting abilities or even higher voting abilities based on their amount of capital they were able to enter into the token system, right? So that's where this credentialing that you guys offer is great, right? Because rather than just being able to purchase my voting power, I have to go earn it myself. Right. And I know that you guys, just to talk about your product a little bit more, um, wrestled with the idea of on chain slash off chain, right? Doing things with tokens, you to uh, stake them and participate in the actual protocol because you need to uh, register a wallet. Um, but wh where was the, um, I know like uh, most of it came from the interoperability, being able to actually use the token. But could you talk about the process of um, potentially like choosing whether to go off chain or off chain right away? And, um, how that kind of went over for you guys? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and also, say you just touched upon this like really interesting point. That is people being able to buy the same tokens with money. So if, let's just take a step back, right? The promised future, or rather the future of decentralized work, it's a lot to do with instead of getting paid in money, you are getting paid in a part of ownership, which makes a lot of sense, right? These are the things that can possibly help us move away from capitalism greed, all this other stuff, right? Uh, like corporate greed, uh, and to a certain extent, like capitalism as well, just the sheer downsides of it. So in that case, if it is ownership that I'm getting for my work, then other people should not be able to buy the same ownership. Then my work itself is not that important. 
if it can just be bought from let's say a few hundred of dollars because very frankly that is how most of the incentivization works today with like like with the exception of handful of DAOs who are paying really well for most other folks if it's just tokens which are dirt cheap then the ownership or that I'm incentivized is also dirt cheap then this thing can be extrapolated to the decision part I'll have at any point of time so if it's the true ownership that we are giving out then it should be in a way where people should have like a harder time buying it just with money. Not that it should not be possible. Of course, you should be able to ape into a project just because you have like tons of capital at disposal. And that is is going to be like super helpful for the community itself. But then it should not be in a way where anyone could just come in and just like make my vote feel insignificant. So these credentials, right? So that is where we, that was like a really big point for us. That the credentials we are being given out, how are they? What what purpose exactly are they going to serve? Like we hear a lot of stuff about on-chain reputation. It's a cool thing to say, but why do we need reputation in the first place? Like what exactly is it going to unlock? This the one of the strongest use cases that for me I feel is just a sheer ownership aspect of it. If people are able to vote, they are able to have some power in decision making. In that case, that process itself should exist on-chain. Like it has to exist on-chain, right? That is how governance is today. And coming back to the same thing, people should not be able to buy it. So if we can somehow associate that decision making with a certain artifact that people could have for their work, what could those artifacts look like? They could look like like an off-chain cred. Now for those off-chain cred, you would need like an on-chain uh, aspect that is plugged into uh, governance. Now there are a bunch of advantages for having things on-chain, right? Privacy is the biggest one. Uh, privacy you can do, like Sysmo does a great job of creating like a privacy layer for things that are already on chain. But again, privacy is a spectrum, right? And not everything needs to have, will lie on the same exact like gradient point of the spectrum. So in that case, like things like health data, all that other stuff, those need to be super private as opposed to working in DAOs, which are inherently public, right? Transparency is the strongest suit of this new mode of uh, cooperation. So in that case, if the data that you're working on is inherently public, then is there a downside of having all this stuff on chain? For us, that was like an aspect of it. The other one was like, how, like what information can we possibly have on chain? So that was the decision. And the biggest thing was for these things to come into play when any sort of decision making is happening, for these artifacts to be used for a lot of these things. And like Vitalik later, like earlier this year, like the ZSOC research paper, they spoke a lot about how these artifacts are going to unlock like the next use cases in Web3. So to support the same, right, there's so many use cases that we are not even aware of. We need something to unlock that. And that thing needs to be on-chain if the other use cases also exist on blockchain. So that was sort of like a big point for us in deciding if you want to go on-chain or not, like on-chain and off-chain. But as soon as we have like an infra that is super composable, and where all the infrastructure is there, like we won't ever have to worry about if something is on-chain or off-chain. We can quickly bring information that are off-chain to on-chain, like have an artifact super fast. And that uh, on-chain artifact can also be like, uh, it rapidly evolves, bases the state of the off-chain artifact. I believe the moment we get to that place, all of these questions will become like null and void. People won't be talking about technology anymore because it's going to be super fluid to move from one to the other. But I think we are some time away from that. Yeah, see, that is the answer uh, in like super long and quick question. No, I think fluidity between the two um, is, is very key, you know, kind of the interoperability between on-chain and off-chain. Um, 
I think we need to keep that connection and, and not sever it moving forward. Um, but as far as like the on-chain side, yeah, verified ownership of of these things is key. Um, and the private, and being able to, you know, keep it private. I think there's like a spectrum depending on the application, you know, of the type of ownership that you want to have, like a, a particip- participation in a DAO. Um, as someone who believes in reputation, I think it will be a huge factor, like in everything that we're building, um, you know, capturing that full spectrum of participation, participation and contribution, you know, is, is paramount. For instance, like I, I, from what I understand, you guys have the ability to, to kind of upgrade and downgrade someone's, um, you know, their badge. So you can actually truly dial in their, their participation, their contribution and appreciation to kind of show that you can highlight the people that are active and you can kind of filter bad actors and maybe downgrade inactive members that way. Um, so I think being able to reward people for the amount of, of time and energy that they pour into something um, is really important, you know, for this space, like, like we're talking about. So someone doesn't just come in last minute and shark a position just based off of a monetary value and that's it right we want to add more to these ecosystems that we're building exactly and we have seen like plenty of examples the same right where not just civil attacks so civil attacks are like super common when things are not really on chain like let's say in terms of coordinate session or in terms of in terms of discord polls or, or even discords for that matter but when things come to on chain how do we create a process where people are actually educated about what they are voting on? Adding Poep on Snapshot is super cool. It like brings so many folks uh, to voting, like a lot more folks than than, than the folks who are able to like uh, who are willing to vote earlier. But now with this new paradigm, how do we make sure that the people who are actually participating they know what they are voting on? It's an educational, uh, it's an educated uh, opinion as opposed to just like doing whichever one is taking the the sort of more traction. So how do we do that? How do we figure out like who exactly gets to it? That in itself is a very, I, I would say, like I don't have a lot of flesh out thoughts on that. Like how do we make sure big democracy, if it's just one person, one vote, then it makes sense for everyone to to vote on it. And that is the beauty that is like one aspect of beauty of democracy. That is one reason why it works. But in the context of these organizations, how should that be structured? So our thought is super simple. However, anyone wants to structure, right? Like we don't have answer to any of these things. We are in the process of like constant experimentation. New paradigms will come. People will do tons of experimentation. However, communities want to experiment. They should have some sort of tooling or some sort of infrastructure wherein they can quickly ideate between different strategies and see what works from them. And from there, like a lot of new paradigms can come out. So that is sort of what our take is on the governance front. So this is something that I know that in, in Keystyle that we've talked at, we've talked about in length. Um, and it, it's one of the reasons why we've never actually created a, a voting structure to include a lot of people. It's been very, honestly, it's been highly centralized across just a few people, like conversations and how we're going to bring the entire community in. And I guess the problem that we've always grappled with is how huh, you can sell a membership token to anyone and then that can give them access to voting but then it's really just whoever has the most money gets the most amount of votes and, and i understand you can play different games with that but it's all weighted then at that point based to their financial uh commitments to the dow we've also like weighed out the, uh, the i guess the 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 
the counterpoint to that or the opposite strategy is you give anybody free access to the DAO, but then you haven't gated it in any way. So I guess you you have potential for bad actors to come in that could gain very large amounts of voting share and would maybe move the organization in a way that's away from a core mission um, that the, I guess, yeah, I don't know, that is intended from like the uh, founding point of view. Uh, what do you think about that? It, it feels like uh, maybe the damage of bad actors is more consequential, right? Than, than I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. No, no, no. I, I completely agree with that. Right. So that was our first question. Like uh, my uh, my sob story that I mentioned earlier, or how on how I was contributing to these committees. So my first question was like I got in touch with. Uh, so so I had never been like a moderator. I was just like a contributor throughout like all my time in uh, in these communities in these towers. So I just asked like, hey, why is it so gated? Like even with some of the bigger communities out there, right? Like why do I have to jump through so many hoops? And everyone seems to have the shared common consensus. That is just the sheer downside of having bad actors inside of a community is a lot higher than creating like a more uh, like a more open system where people can just fully uh, like easily participate, easily flow between the two. And the same conversation, right? Just taking like uh, an analogous. So earlier this year, there was a lot of chatter around uh, punks being going CEO and even Bode going CEO and the entire conversation, right? Like who exactly owns the rights to these NFTs. And one of the bigger points uh, Scott Lewis brought up was that all these brands, like all these projects, they want their org to move in a certain way. The more they open up the ecosystem, the more uh, it is possible for the direction to go, in, uh, the, for the project to go in a direction where it wasn't intended. So the more we decentralize, the more sort of things can, like, like things will have a a way of taking different directions than is expected. So that is sort of like a really big point. Uh, I don't really have an answer to this. A16 did like a brilliant article on progressive decentralization last year. And but the same thing, right? Like like the more open we make a certain community, the more potential it has of going in directions that you'd not expect. And on the terms of tokens, so for the scope of this conversation, right? We have, uh, we have assumed that tokens are just like a voting power, but there are a lot more than that. Tokens are just like the internet economy of using a particular infrastructure. If that is the case, let's say we take that hypothesis because token pumping, money making, all that stuff, that is just separate. The more utility is there, the more value token will hold. That is how the project will make money. Let's just put all that stuff aside. So the core mechanism is that in order to use a particular infra, a particular piece of technology, you need to hold tokens for the same. So now the, the concept of token has moved away from shared ownership to something to, to like a new new currency, a new artifact that you need to own in order to interact with a particular technology. If that is the underlying hypothesis, then you cannot expect anyone who holds a token to have to participate in a particular governance, right? These are people who are just part of the ecosystem, not necessarily part of the community building or the tool. So if that is the case, we like there are people who are experimenting with having like separate tokens, separate governance tokens, all these sort of stuff, but we can still retain the same system and use these credentials to sort of segregate between the two because the credentials they, they can they can come from they can come from community like they can be there for example a lot of these folks like, like rabbit hole let they do all these sort of soul bound uh, badges for people who do like a certain task that is all cool but for people who are acting, right people who are super active in the community if we have some sort of credentials there then we won't have to take up this bigger conversation on how exactly or how many type of tokens should a community have in the first place
because now tokens are not just a, a governance mechanism they are also the base layer for using that ethereum so in that case if you have like additional layer on top of it that layer is created purely for people who are building the org or who are have or who have like a positive net value add now that net value add could be whatever it could be staking your token for or rather locking your locking your token for 5 years or upwards or rather like being the most active user or doing the design for the front page any of that stuff like any sort of positive that a community deems to be a contribution we could be we can create credentials for those and then we can get around with the construct that uh, tokens not just being like a governance artifact are also like something that people use to interact with the technology so that is why i feel like uh, the credentialing economy will unlock like a lot of this and will put some of these uh, discussions to bed <laughs> playing speaker tag right there eth um one of my favorite pullouts from that is like um the idea that dows should be ideally have like a, a permissionless entry right like you should just be able to come and participate in whatever dow that you you'd like to do uh and to the point of where we were talking about the punks earlier like you get these people that come in and they're able to amass this amount of voting i know that we were just talking about the other options uh outside of voting but they can amass these voting um tokens and and kind of push a project away from where it was originally uh, organized towards going right so uh, finding that balance between a permissionless entry and the ability to facilitate your goals and your missions as people enter uh to go in the same direction is uh, a tall task like you said you don't have any uh direct answers and neither do i but that that's a big thought um and you were going towards it on your last point but i'm i'm really curious about kind of uh your badge system um how you might be able to solve some of these situations how you might be able to create uh new situations outside of the token voting with you know, the badge system that you guys have set up there yeah for sure i would love to talk about it so there are like bunch of really cool use cases that are, that are just going to be possible like like if we just need to wait out like couple of months a lot of these things that we talik mentioned in the dsoc paper would actually become reality So I I'll give like a quick overview of the protocol like of the tool that three going on and on about random philosophical stuff. But yeah, so for us things are super simple. We wanted to create like a way wherein we can capture the entire spectrum of participation. I believe like I try to establish why we need all this like uh, all these artifacts in the first place. But our goal was super simple. Like however people do value add, we should be able to capture that in a way where people can use it. for whatever use case they want to use it for namely the biggest one being uh, governance or retroactive incentivization so now uh, the way we have built the protocol is we have like a parent layer and we have a child layer parent layer consists of a membership badge essentially what you mean to a community like if you hold a certain role if you hold a certain tier uh, let's say inside of a community so, and then we can you can like our protocol allows for creation of n type of uh, badges like participation contribution role badges all that other stuff so the goal is super simple to have a system that is scalable enough for all the different communities to create their structure on chain to bring in people and to have artifacts for the ways people are uh, participating so uh, these are the badges that i mentioned right it need not be uh, contained within these you can also create badges for a certain on chain activity let's take like uh, Kaldao's example, right? Like really cool bunch of stuff. They have all these like underground things people do. 
and again the things uh, and that uh, the, the things that they do that are not like super uh, apparent for example they have like a lot of uh, these uh, interaction uh, some activity uh, channels uh, within their community all that stuff but the thing is like regardless of what people do in discord right the definition of contribution for cult is super simple for them it's more to do with uh, how you interact in their bespoke governance uh, uh, like governance forum and that is it for them that is the only activity that matters to them so in that case the definition of membership varies a lot from community to community in case of cult it's only people who write proposals who are active on their governance forum that is the like the only metric that they care about which is super different from a lot of other communities uh, there are communities wherein like even if you share like write a thread about the protocol that is also counted as contribution so our goal was to be able to capture like both of these uh, spectrums to capture every spectrum so let's say any on chain activity for example stargate they have uh, people stake a lot of them and then uh, people stake a lot there and then people also do these sort of more conventional contributions inside their discord so with a protocol our goal was to capture both of these aspects not just the off chain stuff the uh, the reason why off chain stuff is super important is because it's not there anymore like, like people can't use it all of it is just comes and dies in discord which is a really sad state of uh, the future of uh, sort of decentralized working paradigm but that is the base reality right now like all the stuff people do all the cool stuff people do it, it does not live anywhere it just dies off in discord for on chain stuff is still better at least you have an artifact but then there is no cataloging of the same there is nothing people can do with that the fact the proof of the action remains on chain but it's not in a usable format so using our protocol our goal was to be able to uh, have credentials for all these things and for those credentials like i mentioned to be used for governance to be used for like dynamic gating access so uh, the thing about dynamic is right like we have these paired child we have these child badges like what all these child badges can do but the cool thing is these are all uh, so these are all like soul bound tokens the main membership badge it's bound to the account account bound token but the cool thing is all these child badges right the reason that they are child is because these soul bound tokens are bound to the main membership badge and that is what forms the parent child structure it's a proper tree structure if you look at it so in that case your main membership badge has a complete context at all points of time you can do the tiering automation in the main membership badge you can create for your community you can automate the entire thing what a structure like this allows for let's say that hey, in order to become a member you need to hold let's say uh, you need to have like three contributions in the community or let's say you need to have 100 tokens or you need to do a certain on chain activity any of these any permutation combination of all these possible activities like some on chain activity some on chain activity you get a membership and then you keep on doing stuff you automatically like move to a higher tier you automatically move to a lo lower tier so the cool thing about this is right now the concept of dynamic reputation i like reputation it's itself is something that does not, that is not super prevalent right now but then again just relying on discord roles right communities don't have enough bandwidth to move or remove any of these roles like the communities where i was a disengaged lead i still hold the same position for whatever reason i have not done any uh, substantial contribution for the past 6 months easily but the thing is moving all these things right, it takes up a lot of effort and there are plethora of things that people already have to work on so these things never get addressed and thus consequently uh, people who are not really active in the community they same uh, benefits or rewards that they had earlier 
So using a protocol like this, you can automate how you want your community SDRs to be. And that automation could come out of like a proper proposal, could come out of the entire like decentralized decision making. But the thing is right now you are setting up a blueprint of your community and people are populating all of it. People are already moving up the tier, moving down the tier. Now the decision making is not about, hey, how exactly should we do the contract? Like if it's easy to run a DAO or not, or like who is going to handle the ops, the conversation is going to be more around how exactly should our DAO be structured? Like what should these rules be? And all the effort will move away from uh, like operations to actually like brainstorming what a self-propagating, uh, like self-sustaining DAO looks like. So a couple of things that uh, our protocol unlocks. And now the, the thing that I find the coolest, like any sort of governance can be built on top of it. Since all of it is on-chain, you can plug and play whatever. You can combine it with other credentials that people are giving out. There is something super cool that we are working on. Just stay tuned for that. We are going to be dropping some alpha there on the governance front. But all these credentials, right? The, the coolest part for me is these credentials can also be staked. These credentials can be used for like uncollateralized or undercollateralized lending. The uh, the way we have structured it, we have like this thing called L0. That is, in, if you move if you move someone to that particular tier, like all sort of uh, badminton stops right away, whatever governance rights you had, those are gone. Essentially, it's a, it's a suspension mechanism. And the way this works is you can also associate the reason why a person got moved to that particular level. So there is a tiny bit aspect of negative reputation also in the protocol. But like negative reputation is a whole another beast, right? Like with the ownership of data, how exactly do you uh, intend to keep it? Where exactly is this going to be stored? Uniswap did like a recent article. They, they have done like really cool stuff on accountability uh, on chain. So that's there. But this, like all this stuff is what our protocol does. Like all these credentials are there. These can be used for governance. These can be used for dynamic gating access. You can automate the processes of your community. These can be used for like retroactive incentivization, which in itself is something that you can automate using this. And then again, like, for like under collateralized or collateralized lending. So these are like, I. Th this is how our protocol works, like a proper parent child, any on-chain automation in between. Uh, the badges could be for on-chain actions, could be for off-chain actions, and all of this plugs into like whatever uh, end interface that the communities use. Oh, that's, that's super interesting. Space Monkey, the idea of being able to automate the um, the management of all your DAO members, um, and if I, if I understand this right, creating rules for how members get leveled up or leveled down based on their participation or lack of participation really seems like it fits in the ethos of what DAOs are supposed to do. Be these like pre-programmed entities that follow rules and don't particularly rely on, um, you know, a small set of administrators to make decisions. Um, switching gears for a second, a question that I have is, you know, we're, we're so early in reputation on chain, you know, it's just, it's just starting to come into play. And I would imagine like anything else, there's going to be many different systems um, implemented by many different projects. Do you see? Do you see how this plays out as something where there will be systems for reputation, or do you think it's going to be a competition 
for somebody to create the best system um, that will have mass adoption. Yeah, Rob, in that case, I, I like my current thesis is, and this is the same thesis which I've had like thinking on Web3, it's going to be a, a combined uh, activity that we see like a lot of people do. It's going to be like a proper mass scale collaboration where people will be coming up with different thesis. We'll be experimenting like all of them to see like, hey, what's working, what's not working, what sort of reputation paradigm works. And even at the end, right, it's not going to be like one solve that is going to fit for all. For example, right, so there's like a gaming that we are working with. For them, uh, the same protocol that I mentioned, uh, the protocol we created was for the communities, but there are a lot more use cases that we are seeing lately. So that reputation system is going to work completely, like the infra is going to be the same. The protocol is going to be like the Rep3 protocol. But then the way the reputation is going to be calculated is going to be completely different from anything that we are doing right now with the communities that we are working with. So we'll see new paradigms of uh, reputation and even new structures the more we work, right? Like I agree with you, it's, it's super early right now. We are just like laying the base layer for all these things to, for all these discussions and for all these experiments to actually take place. We are not saying that, hey, we'll give you one number. You take that number, you show it to the next now and they let you know if they want to let you in or not or what all stuff they'll be able to do. Rather, we are creating like a base layer for all these different credentials on top of which all these uh, systems can be built. And not just Repsi's credentials, right? Any credentials for that matter. Like even Poets, if you can find, uh, like Poets has, they have their strong point, they have their weak point. But essentially anyone working in the space, right? The end result is going to be culmination of all these like useful badges, all these different attestation of protocols coming together. And then different people doing like an aggregation model on top of it to come up with like a finite reputation. That too for a specific use case. Yeah, like it's it's not gonna be one person take. I don't think one person take all is even possible, since there's so much diversity in terms of use cases, in terms of workflows, in terms of processes. Yeah. Yeah. We, so, I mean, and we would definitely, we would definitely hope not, because I don't think we want to see. You know, that sounds pretty centralized to me. If we saw one, you know, one winner takes all reputation system, um, with multiple reputation systems. For multiple use cases, do you think interoperability is going to be a barrier? You know, if I if I'm using a reputation system over here in one DAO and another DAO is using, let's say, you know, Rep three, um, do you think it will be difficult for those two things to cross over? So that if it's like badges are so, I think one problem for us is since there is no standard as of now, right? Like how will all these uh, aggregation platform will even use something like this? Let's say for the sake of uh, conversation, like just a hypothetical, that that problem is taken care of and everyone is using the same standard. Then it won't even matter what uh, tool or rather what sort of protocol your badges are coming out of. Let's say there is one community is using Rep3. And Rep3 is not really tied to our front end. Like it's a public good protocol that anyone can build on top of. There might be people who would want to create like a different protocol if they're like for a different use case or rather for a different construct. So all of these, like once you have uh, some sort of semblance in all these badges structure that are coming up from these use cases, I don't think it's going to be a problem at all. It's just going to be like different banks giving their banking information, like really bad analogy. 
but they are different banks giving out their banking, which are all in the same format. Your civil score is not impacted by which bank you have your account in. I think that is something what we'll see in the future of like decentralized reputation. And in terms of interoperability, since all of these badges itself are on-chain, right, and the reputation platform will also have to be on-chain other die-off, in that case, there's going to be like perfect interoperability. People would be able to build these aggregator like reputation platforms on top of some of these existing platforms for a new use case. So what we are doing right now is completely uh, confined to communities, but then there, there, uh, yeah, like a specific type of communities, maybe for legal DAO, something else could exist, maybe for healthcare DAO, right, which is like the really cool thing that is up and coming. There are some incredible healthcare DAOs out there and stuff that ETA DAO is doing. Maybe a different paradigm is required to service those communities. And those uh, credentialing platforms, let's say they have the same uh, base construct in terms of uh, the in terms of like the token standard that they are using, then it's all going to be just like same set of credentials that people are doing different operations on top of. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, turning back and looking at um, Rep3 specifically, one thing that I really admire about your project, and this will reverberate in our community too, because it's um, just because it, um, is how how you're building just like these core pieces to it. And, and there's, there's so much um, leeway for to customize things that are specific to specific communities. I just wanted to give you guys a shout out for that because uh, that definitely draws me, you know, to the protocol that you're making. Thank you, Rob. So we have had the same thesis from the start, like since the structure of these communities itself is not something we have super clarity on, creating a rigid infrastructure that only serve, like services a type of communities, it's going to be a death of death to us. Or rather, I think for anyone working in space. So I, I have a, uh, I guess, a specific question here. Um, earlier, Space Monkey, you were talking about how you see uh, tokens as being more like uh, not financial assets to speculate on, but rather keys to operate or gain access to a technology, right? And looking at your parent-child token system there, the parent tokens that come out that then we can add the badges to those childs, the child NFTs too, is it one parent token given out for a user of the protocol and then granular sub-governance given out through these badges potentially? Is that how you kind of see things, or or am I am I missing something here? I'd, I'd love for you to to kind of I don't know uh, shed some light on it. Yeah, for sure. So so in this aspect, right, it's gonna be a culmination of all these badges. You will be able to uh, just talking hypothetically, right? There's this parent-child construct. Both of these live on chain. Both of these have like a certain information associated with them that smart contracts can get out of them, and then the automation, all that stuff is there. But both of like both the parent and the child badges could be used to unlock governance. So it need not be that hey only a certain child badge can be used. Like on paper, the entire set will be used. And from what I've seen this far, like the couple of experimentations that we are doing with uh, some like super early like essentially communities that we are like super close with governance experiments there. What we have seen is uh, that all these badges will be used. It's not going to be either or or 
like for example uh, there's one specific communities which has like a separate uh, governance uh, and they have these guild roles but they still have the same tiering as the rest of the communities so when it comes to things that are pertaining specifically to a governance guild those badges are going to be uh, used to inform like what sort of additional weightage are these people going to get but aside from it in the overall scheme of things the entire credential set is going to be used for like a lot of these tasks so it's not going to be just like one uh, one format that applies to every single proposal it'll depend on the context of the proposal itself uh, to see like hey which all badges are going to be relevant for this so communities will be able to set up this entire like really intricate rule system saying that hey we'll also take into account the number of calls that people attend hypothetically if they want to and then which kill do they attend the calls and to use all of that to inform exactly what the decision making how their say in decision making should be impacted by it so that is one way where we can bring in the context association with the decision making process itself so to answer your question right it's not going to be either or it's going to be the entire credential set uh, it's not an or it's an and It, you know, I have this um, this question that I've been. I guess, I guess people in this community are very excited about uh, identity in general and how identity based or blockchain based identities can really transform the space from a social use case perspective. And when I see this parent and child relationship, my mind immediately wants to take the petty and use it as some type of reputational identity for the blockchain based account that gets issued that parent. um that may not be what you are are looking to do here um and that's the kind of what i guess was trying to tease out here like if we have keys dao as a particular dao and then we had another dao come in those would be two different parent tokens that we would then add credentials to is that my is is that a better way to think of it here in the rep3 protocol with the current construct yes but we have been working really hard to get away from this essentially like i said right, it's taking a bit of time so the 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 ideal uh construct would be that the entire orchestra like, not ideal per se like either ideal or either 1984 either of these two right either like proper dystopia or utopian uh version would be where all these different communities that are associated by the uh, people that are working in them by the uh, by the like people who are giving out all these credentials people who are verifying all these credentials and we get like a super big spider web where every piece of credential and the importance of that or rather the the uh the authenticity of that is informed by uh, the by every other credential of the person who attested that particular credential set i hope i made sense but with the current construct it's just limited to the communities it's like it's one parent badge per community you have this incredible infra that you're building here this really interesting um and i think really powerful dao tool set um that it i'm going to move it i won't even call it a dao tool set let's say let's say community coordination tool set um that you're building here with rep3 and you know we call this the pink pill because we we again are really interested in this new evm um that is being designed specifically for oh god um let's call them proper on chain identities so even though they might not be heavyweight they might be more of a lightweight uh on-chain identities uh but that are attached to these blockchain based profiles and not just uh key based accounts so uh, you know my mind I, i probably can't do a great job articulating it in this short conversation here but my mind is racing to 
because it, I, you have the rep three system um, as I'm wrapping my head around it here, you guys have done some incredible work pioneering a space that I think is so valuable. But like I said, the bleeding edge of block of what is happening in this blockchain space. And there's so few people having conversations about it right now. Uh, you know, we're all degening over pictures of, of random animals. Um, you know, uh, again, I, I, maybe I'm just like wandering out onto an, uh, like onto a, I don't know, random peninsula here, which no one will be able to bring me back from, but I am, I'm truly, my brain is just racing forward here with all the potential implications and composability um, as standardization comes forward in this space um, that'll allow for that future composability with everybody building on top of what you're offering. It, it's really powerful. And I thank you guys for pioneering this. One thing I wanted to pick your guys' brain on real quick again, too, would be, um, as the Ethelorian said, this is the weekly pink pill, right? Uh, big Luxo community in the crowd. And one of the conversations that we were having uh, on last week's weekly pink pill was the idea of uh, updatable metadata, right? Like that's one of the things with uh, Luxo that really interests a lot of the people in the community. And I see that you guys have also uh, fallen into that same thought of you got to be able to update the metadata. People are, are progressing, holding these um, different tokens slash um, reputation. Um, could you guys talk about maybe how you get that done um, in your current protocol and then what the conversation, what the thought was around um, why that is a necessity? Yeah, for sure. So I can give like a, uh, like a quick overview. And then Somesh, if he's kind enough, would be able to get into the details, like the specifications. So the way like this parent-child exists, right? Essentially, the parent is an abstraction of, uh, of the child badges and the rules that exist. And there's like a proper subgraph that is informing on what the current status is so basis that right and basis the tiers that we have created with the automation with every single tier the moment you move it up and down there is an on-chain change in the badge itself wherein the metadata is updated wherein the there's like an on-chain proof of what it was earlier and what it is right now so that way we get like a complete journey of what all the badge has been earlier like what all were the prior of this particular credential set and what we've done for the membership badge. But let's take the on-chain uh, credential set, right? Like like the credential, like a child badge that is associated with like some on-chain action, let's say governance, stuff like that. So that's a proper continuous uh, feed of information. So it's just more or less like an abstraction on those on-chain activities. So the moment something changes there, the badge is like the same as reflected in the badge right away. There's no deal, nothing like that. Badge is just abstraction of the prior thing. So essentially think of the badge it's like a solution to an equation and that on-chain activities, those on-chain activities, or rather in the case of these membership badges, these child badges are the parameters. The moment they change, the result of your equation changes along with it. So that is how our metadata constructors. So please correct me if I said something wrong or if I did a horrible job of explaining the same. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Um, uh, I would like to take a step back from this. Uh, so essentially, metadata is essentially an off-chain storage associated with a token, right? Now we have been like, we did a lot of discussions over where do you want to put your data, right? Like it can either be on-chain, can be, there are certain benefit pros and cons of both, both the strategies. Uh, some data needs to be on-chain, uh, like from what we think, uh, and some data needs to be off-chain. Like, for example, like Collabland and all, uh, all of those uh, tools that are there, right? They, they work on, 
essentially uh, the other off chain metadata part uh, and some of the things which 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 we be using or which we think might be more uh, decentralized in in a way that uh, you can you can compose a, a, a more uh, complex rules for governance and all that can be done on chain only right so the question of where to put your data on chain off chain and and your question uh, the metadata upgrade right now uh, uh, as avril said right the metadata upgrade is sort of a transaction right like uh, it, it, somebody needs to sign a transaction the uri has to be updated on the smart contract that needs needs to be done other way of doing is of doing the same thing is really to to uh, so so what we did is essentially is we we build a badge which takes the data from the graph itself the badge itself is just uh, the the badge the, the the ui layer of the badge is is in general a html badge and the html the uh, in that html the data gets feeds in from from the graph api and all so it's completely decentralized you can you can change the rules and all you can you can put different uh, rules for example just like giving you a simple example if you have done five contributions you might get a a hat or something on your membership badge and you don't need to to sign a transaction or you don't you don't even need to to uh, to basically change the metadata because the rules are there in the badge itself from the from from the day one so that sort of approach is there for the ui part for the on chain part uh uh we have this uh, construct of associating certain like we have we have reserved some uh, data storage for every badge that will be on chain and can be consumed by other contracts as well so for example in membership right there is, there is a tier there is a uh, for example a sub guild you can associate certain numbers right now you can you can make a rule on chain that if you have uh, say uh tier 1 uh, you'll get this much voting power if you have tier 2 you'll get this much voting power and all that so that data is there on chain as well in case of contribution badges you can have number of hours put in on chain the value of contribution on chain you can do a complicated you even create a complicated rules uh, based on that on chain data so all that stuff is there you don't need to change the metadata for that so it it's mostly about uh, I I I I hope I'm not taking too much of the time, but I guess I guess I I, I answered your question there. Yeah, when when we were having the conversation, it was more around like Holtz um, holds his clone. He gets to go to a bunch of conferences, and the metadata in that clone, like the asset of that clone, gets updated for the events that he would attend, and that kind of information gets carried along with them. Which yeah. It, is really cool right and i think that like outside of just like it wearing a certain clothes or going to a certain party being able to represent that change in contribution and the change of reputation within a dao setting um would also be very valuable that's where i was coming in and yeah and i'm not a very technical guy but um that was a it was a good answer appreciate it thank you I know that the upgradable metadata has been um you know it's a hot topic in the community in the Luxo community because um the standard space there is much quieter than in Ethereum proper because it's a new blockchain and LSP4 is uh, basically adjacent it's like a it's a storage schema for um all of this metadata that is attached to 
um, these tokens, right? Like these NFTs. So it, it makes it stand. It I guess standardizes this off-chain storage, and then in that way makes it accessible across um, other platforms to increase composability. So I just I, th- I know that that's been an interesting I guess hot topic discussed in the in the the small uh, but mighty Luxo community. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's where that thing comes up from. It's really interesting to see these things being looked at and solved um, outside of that community as well. Or I was rugged. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I had a question. I see in your documentation that uh, one of your upcoming features is a Discord bot. I was wondering if you could tell us what that's all about and um, what kind of you know, utility and connection it will provide for Discord. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you for Rob. So for us, like we have all these credentials said blah, blah, uh, that it can be used for governance, all this other stuff. But the thing is, if the tool itself, right, if the front end of it is super difficult to use, no one is ever going to use it. Like we can take these, uh, these like, values and just put it in a box for all, uh, like, community folks care. So there what we are doing is, right now, the construct, or rather, uh, the, the workflow today for most of these bad minting is either you set up, like, an on-chain parameter, for example, optimism uh, airdrop, so that is not really like not something communities can use, but or add everyone's addresses. So there are communities that have the addresses, but then just the sheer effort of putting in everyone's address just to give them a badge, it's super tedious. There are communities who are doing it. If let's say this Discord uh, feature does not exist, like the communities we are partnering with right now, uh, the three communities that we are going live with next week, they're more than happy doing uh, like adding everyone's address because the use case of credential is much bigger. But then again, the credentials that are being given out, right? These mapping already exists in Discord, maybe under a different name. So why put everyone to the hassle of everyone, like asking everyone other addresses, or rather adding these like hundreds of addresses in the front end itself? So what we have done is it's super simple. So uh, like on our protocol, right? Like our protocol deploys a smart contract that the community owns. We don't own any of that. But there is this aspect of centralization that we have improved just for a small while. So uh, you will be able to connect your Discord and say, like, as an admin of the tool itself, you'll be able to say that, hey, anyone who has a certain role, they can claim this certain batch in the membership tier. So you won't have to, if that is a construct, if the mapping already exists in Discord, in that case, this is just a, like a simple rule you'll uh, create on the front end, that so-and-so batch, you let them claim the certain batch. And there will be a bot running as an approver who will be taking care of all these uh, all these minting. And the moment it's run, you can just shut off the bot right then and there. And again, the complete control of the community goes back in your hands. So for us, it was super simple. And right now, it's just Discord integration. But like dropping, talking about a couple of other features that are coming up, right? The same thing we'll be doing for uh, like on-chain activities. And that is going to be super decentralized. We'll just be able to say for in order to claim a certain tier, these are the rules. Rules in the sense that these these are the type of on-chain activities that a person needs to do in order to claim a certain tier. The more activities they do, their tier can automatically be upgraded. So all this stuff, 
this can like same can be tied in discord as well the moment i change a person's role their badge itself should automatically be updated so where ex- wherever these communities live right wherever they spend the, the most of their time if the structure already exists we can just get that structure and just mint badges for them so that is sort of the the feature that goes tomorrow goes like tomorrow oh that's really neat so that really adds to the the automation of it if i understand it correctly that you can just assign somebody um a role in discord and then they have they can go and claim this badge and that takes a lot of the administrative work out of it exactly so that's a that's like one of the thing that we are trying to do just to bring down the ops cost in running a dao which today uh, like with the way things are right now it's super high yeah like oh, either way like uh, in lot of community like e- even with uh, even in keystar right like i have gone through discord there is a proper grouping of roles that is like a, that already exists so you won't have to ask people for that for their addresses you can just tell the tool that hey so and so role is associated with a certain tier and that's it people will come populated by itself and the next thing that we are dropping right like a, in the next week itself so we haven't talked about that this far because we stuck at marketing but yeah so therein you are you will be able to dele- uh, delegate like a certain action on the tree itself to a certain role now since like you have gotten everyone who exists on the community onto the platform everyone have their like uh, a fair share of credential the next thing is going to be running all these different ops managing all the people do and right now uh, the, the way the protocol works right it's just the admins who are able to act on all these things but you will be able to say that anyone with a certain membership badge let's say anyone with like a certain tier they can let's just for the sake of example like tier 1 2 3 4 one being the highest fourth being the lowest that anyone with a tier 3 is able to invite tier 4 members so you'll have like community moderators who are giving out these badges to new folks on a regular basis maybe after an onboarding call then you can say anyone with a certain badge they can approve all the requests with folks from a certain badge so that is that uh, like sort of takes the idea that i mentioned earlier that you creating a blueprint of the community and then people populating the same people just continuing the same so all these things we are building to sort of make the process of running a dao more self sustainable like what all can we do to get to a point where the community is self propagating there is no single point of failure like if one person does not show up nothing is going to break and nothing is going to get impacted because the structure is there in place delegation is there in place so that is what we are trying to bring in the tool in the next week or so so i had one question um looking over your site and kind of the breakdown of everything that i saw was really interesting um was the ability for staking credibility um to unlock exclusive access i'd be curious to learn more about that that sounds really interesting yeah so i think we bungled up that uh, as- so uh, staking for access right so this just works the same so i you like i had oh, context i'm doing a horrible job cleaning so the on chain parameter that is spoke of earlier right that could be anything it could be staking so couple of defi uh, protocol that we are working with right now they have a core set of core team who is working on the protocol then they have like an additional layer of contributors who are doing bunch of other stuff but for them so this just ties to the bigger conversation of community versus contributors like where do you draw the line and the line appears to be different for every single community and that is why we are doing something 
really massive on the tool front. Like we have changed the the thing that you see live right now. We have uh, expanded a lot of definitions that the current tooling is built on top of. So on those lines, right? Be staking off rabbit, uh, like staking off something to unlock a particular thing. So that is where it ties up. There are communities wherein that staking aspect is something that is considered like a core contribution. For them, that is a hard contribution. If it's the case, then we can create, like mint a badge for the same, since we are able to consume any on-chain data. And the way the current protocol works, right? Membership badge, by default, just consumes any information from the child badge. Not a restriction that exists on protocol itself. That's just a, a front-end implementation, implementation that's there in place. So you will be able to associate that with any on-chain activity. You can associate that with staking as well. So the moment you do that, you unlock, like anyone who has done a certain level of staking, they'll be able to unlock a certain tier of membership. And the moment they claim it, like all the different gating access, like lobby.so, uh, your Discord via guild, and like snapshot, all those things they unlock right away. So that is how the construct works. Okay, thank you, thank you for that. That's cool. You know, on, on the updating membership aspect side of things, and maybe this is something that, you know, there's still not a solution for yet, but as far as if someone were to lose access to the wallet that their membership was on, is that something that could be reclaimed? Um, because is there a part of the membership that's off-chain or is this all on-chain? Um, I mean, what what would happen in like a worst-case scenario? Yeah, sure, would someone be so, able to recover so their, their parent have... membership? Yeah, for sure. So, so let me walk you through how exactly it's going to be. We have a solve for it. We don't have like a really good solve for it. So there are two types of compromises that are possible. One, someone else has access, like some like bad actor has access to the same wallet. That is a use case that we have. We have like a decent solve for. The other one is you just lose access to the wallet altogether. So I'll start with the first one. So what you can do is, so all these are uh, proper soulbound tokens, the parent one being tied to the account, the child one being tied to the membership. But there's this one exception that uh, if both the parties, the, the credential holder and the committee, both of them, they approve, then the credential set can be transferred to, the main membership badge can be transferred to another wallet. And the moment that happens, since all the child badges are uh, bound to the main membership badge, the entire credential set gets transferred. In the case where the access itself is lost, so that is how the first case is uh, sort of solved for it. But in the case access itself is lost, the best we can do is, uh, so the, those existing uh, credentials, right? We can move the main membership level to like a tier zero, the thing that I spoke of earlier where all further minting stops. So essentially you are suspending all those existing credential sets and you can reissue the same credential sets to the new address. That is the only available solve that we have right now. But yeah, like we are not in a position to say that, hey, you can associate multiple, uh, essentially uh, key rotation or rather like uh, delegating a certain credential set to multiple. That is not something that's possible today. But it's something we have been discussing and looking at for a really long time now. Yeah, that's that's cool. I, I would say that's a pretty good solution for something without a blockchain based profile like you'd have on Luxo with a universal profile. Um, yeah, I think that sounds like a pretty good set up exactly so, so the moment uh so i i wipe like I, I was just chatting with say uh, last week the week before that so the, the moment they mentioned that luxo has something like this in build that was like a really cool thing for me 
that the primary identifier is something that is a really big bottleneck for everyone in this space. No matter what kind of reputation system you make, you are still bound to the primary identifier. That is, for all practical purposes today, just the account address that you hold. And that is a really sort of bad salt to have if we look at it, if we think that reputation is something that is going to unlock like a lot of things, it's going to be a thing of the future. Then it's a really bad place to be in where we don't have like a good primary identifier. And the problem that you mentioned, right, if the access itself is lost, that is problem of the identifier that is being used, not of the protocol itself. So that is really cool that Luxo has this inbuilt. I, I, I didn't know about it, but yeah, then I went on to read the entire like 50 page white, uh, white paper and stuff. But yeah, hoping to see some stuff there, because this again is like a really big problem. One of the biggest concerns against having a credentials on-chain is, uh, the first one is just the evasion of privacy. Now therein we can say that, hey, it's a big spectrum. There are credentials that does not make, that should not even be on-chain. And then there are those that has no problem, like there's no problem with pri uh, privacy associated with them if they are on-chain. But the other thing, problem that has persisted with this ecosystem again is just the primary identifier that is bound uh, to the account. So yeah, like, really cool feature which I absolutely love. Like, this is without doubt the coolest thing that I think Luxo has done and something that is going to change, like turn a lot of heads and something that is going to have like a massive value in the future in the credentialing space. Well, and uh, some chat there, I, we couldn't be more stoked to have had you spend the last 75 minutes with us telling the community about the amazing work that you're doing at Rep3 and really how you're pushing this space forward, this DAO um, space forward, because I know here at KeysDAO, we think DAOs are, are the, the organizations of the future. Um, even though they're here today, we are building them into what we want them to be in the future. And, and like you said, they can either... Maybe there'll be a, a, uh, a utopia or a dystopia, um, but maybe it'll be an and and not an or. Maybe it'll be a, a dystopian utopia or a utopian dystopia, depending on how you look at it. Um, I think we're looking for a pragmatic utopia. That's that's what we're going for. I like that, Kriegel. Just to, we can just to clarify, right? Just to I mentioned yeah. that, yeah, in terms of like the overarching, or, or if we just tangentialize the current credentialing space, if we associate every credential to uh, the uh, like artist's credential and their credential to everyone else they have given credentials to and received credentials from. So if we create this huge web or rather like the, I, so what I think the ideal uh, system of this credential economy should be, that could be either utopia, not the current implementation by any means. Like we are just scratching the surface. And I love that. And I love that people like, us um, in this room here are willing to kind of expand our consciousness outside of again just degenning for for uh, new PFPs or the latest shitcoin that we might be able to make a little bit of money on because this technology is meant to be liberating across all corners of the globe um, and um, and provide opportunities where maybe they don't exist right now and I think that if we're not doing this and we're not having meaningful conversation and, and following through with meaningful experimentation then, you know, I don't know, I guess life becomes less interesting. So again, like I said, I, I really appreciate you guys coming on today. Um, on behalf of KeysDAO, um, we wanted to make mention of a POAP that is uh, 
we'll commemorate this this talk that we had today uh, with you guys from Rep3. Um, if you want to go claim that PO app, uh, you can do so on the app. The secret word is Rep3-credential, and that's all lowercase, okay? So that is R-E-P3-credential, C-R-E-D-E-N-T-I-A-L. Um, so you can go ahead and you can claim that. Um, I really appreciate everyone for coming on today. Um, Space Monkey, Somcha, if you want to say goodbye to the community here, uh, then we'll wrap this baby up and uh, let's be friends. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much, Lorian, for having us. And thank you, everyone, for sparing the time. I know this. This is a super long space, and thank you so much for staying with us till the end. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, chatting with you all. Yep, yep, same here, same here. It was uh, it was pleasure being here. Like great questions and great discussions we had regarding R and D interpretation. It was like one of the best. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. And thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for hosting us at Kizra. Yeah. Yeah, thank you guys for taking the time to uh, go really in-depth about your project. And uh, I wish you the best of luck moving forward. And I think what you're building is really important to the space. So we thank you.